His watery eyes, the dark brown skin on the backs of his hands, has taken on a purplish hue, like the night sky before a storm. Manu, bread, my friend. Manu looks up at the sound of his companion's voice. It is almost lost to the song of the wind as it pummels the side of the small red tent in which they sit and shelter from the swirling rain. No, for you, my friend, says Manu. Eat well. The Eritrean gives a wide smile, showing neat white teeth. He reaches into the carrier bag and retrieves another plastic-wrapped bread roll. It is stale, but still sweet. The supermarkets here throw away food in such quantities that no man, woman, or child should go hungry. But there are men here who prey upon the weak. They take all the food for themselves and hand it out only to those who can pay or who are willing to provide some small service in return. In England we will have pizza. The Eritrean smiles as he takes a bite of hard brioche. Pizza every night. Manu gives his friend the smile he seeks. The Eritrean is called Golgol. He is younger than Manu, perhaps not yet thirty, but his journey to this place has scarred deep lines into his face, and his black moustache and beard are tinged with grey. There is little meat on his bones, though he is still larger than Manu himself. Manu weighs no more than a child. He is all knotted joints and jagged bones. Bird, says Golgol, as the rain and the wind double their assault on the flimsy tent. We are lucky, says Manu. The Sudanese have mudslides. Mudslides? asks Golgol, looking confused. The ground, says Manu, patting the tattered floor of the tent. He makes a bird of his hands and demonstrates the earth moving away. Golgol points a finger at him in understanding. By God's mercy, says Golgol. They are silent for a while, listening to the rain. Manu is sitting up, hugging his knees with his forearms. Golgol is lying down, using Manu's shell-suit top as a pillow. Neither man speaks the language of the other, but Golgol has a smattering of English and has learned more in Manu's company. He has learned about England, too. Manu has told him good words to use to make people like him. Told him that please and thank you are good, but that I'd be delighted and I would love to serve as currency in the English culture. He has told him not to say fucking or cunt in front of people over fifty. In return, Golgol has taught Manu how to sign his own name in Eritrean, and educated him on his people's long battles for independence from Ethiopia. He has told him of his family and his own long journey, and the hellish boat ride across black water that he took with so many terrified countrymen as he fought to reach the sacred shores of Europe. Even so, they are unlikely confidants. Golgol has not expected to find a friend in the dark-eyed, one-eared man from Mozambique. But God had been merciful despite his sin. Golgol used to live among his countrymen in the Eritrean section of the camp, but he and another man tried to force themselves upon a young woman whose tent neighboured his own, and, when her screams roused the other Eritreans, he was badly beaten and banished from the patch of waste ground where so many of his people had made a home. Friendless, Golgol had redoubled his efforts to get aboard one of the thousands of vehicles heading for the port. His dream was England, and he had already suffered endless torments on his long journey to this bleak tip of northern France. Golgol had no luck. The truck drivers saw him, and on the occasions they did not, he would be found by the heat scanners or the bastard sniffer dogs trained to seek out him and his kind. His bad luck was contagious. He had thought himself alone in the refrigerated compartment of a meat wagon heading for England. When the doors were opened and the men in uniform pulled him, shivering, onto the road, he learned that he had been sharing the vehicle with Manu. They were placed in a police vehicle and driven inland, and then dumped on the side of the road. 
It took them several hours to walk back to the campsite that its starving, freezing residents called the Jungle, and which served as home to thousands of desperate souls. Manu and Golgol had been friends since. They have shared stories. They have told one another their dreams. Manu looks again at the other man. He looks happy. He has a full belly, and the hooded sweatshirt he has wrapped around himself is keeping out the worst of the chill. The rain rattles against the tent once more, and the feeble shelter feels as though it will rise from the ground. Golgol closes his eyes, and Manu turns to Aishita, who sits beside him, wordless and brooding. It must be done, says Manu, under his breath, in his native Portuguese. Aishita barely turns his head. He has already made up his mind. There is no other way. Golgol raises his head and sees his friend in conversation. Are you weak, little mouse? asks Aishita his voice barely audible over the sound of the wind and the rain. I can do...